Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. V the Gorilla Economist coming to you live on this edition of V for Velas. Velas is our one and only, uh, he's just a mind, another brain trust that we have here, an absolute veritable brain trust. You can find him lurking <laughs> in the Discord, and every Friday he's here, he's here, he's here sharing some great information and insights. Uh, one of our most favorite guests, without, I can't even call him a guest, he's part of the team, he's, a, he's another host, another character in this menagerie of misfits. That is rogue news. With that being said, fellas, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Morning, guys. Morning. And uh, Annie14, thank you very much for the uh, image you posted on Discord of the guy in front of the fire praying praying to the big uh, idol of fellas. Uh, that, that has brought a smile to my face. Thank you. Nice. Fellas, what is going on, man? There's a lot. Actually, there's a lot going on. I don't know where you want to start. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start as I normally do, and you boys uh, interrupt and, and jump in as, as needed. Uh, I continue to live rent-free in the minds of the World Economic Forum, and I'm still paying rent to the Trilateral Commission. Nice. Uh, just, just a reminder, everybody, no show for me on October 28th. Um, we're going to cover today a little bit about the OVH cloud, uh, the French uh, telecom carrier uh, fire that occurred uh, a while back, some pharma strangeness in the pharmaceutical industry, being free, uh, some uh, streamer news and looking out for one another, and fiction as fact once again, as well as a special shout out to my friends in North Carolina. All righty. So... Uh, OVH Cloud. Uh, I've had, uh, when I do the whole memory hole thing, which I definitely need to go through that list again before we hit the end of the year, uh, there were two items that I always had at the top. The first was the Nashville Thermobaric Explosion. I've gotten into that on a prior show about what most probably happened there. And also why we haven't really heard much uh, on that topic since then. Um, the other was the OVH Cloud fire in France. Uh, OVH Cloud was a major uh, telecommunications provider, for those of you that are familiar. They had a lot of what are known as cloud technologies or cloud connectivity that they provided to their clients. It did a lot of work with the uh, French government uh, and the European Union. So there was a lot of suspicion when of three or four major buildings they had, one burned to the ground, uh, begging the question, what the hell happened? Um, 
so I have some clarity around what happened in France. And again, it's, uh, you know, as I often say, sometimes these things are what they appear to be, uh, even if it looks suspicious. So um, the data center in France who burned down, it's now since come out due to some industry articles in an IT publication known as The Register. Um, and they have a little icon of, uh, what do you call it, like a, like a condor. Uh, and it says, um, what do you call it, B biting the hand that feeds IT. They've always kind of been a little uh, muckrakers out there, which I like. Um, so one of the things they dug into in their article was is that the most basic of design features that I've personally seen in data centers when I, I have worked in them or worked with companies that are doing work on their data centers, um, the facility in France had no automatic sprinklers. And then what you often do is you have your backup generators run and what they do is is they power deep cycle batteries for those of you that are familiar with that type of battery on like a boat um it's a battery that allows you to draw power off of it slowly and uniformly which is what electronic equipment prefers you don't run the power straight off the generator uh you get too many kind of fluctuations in the power output so what the generators do when they kick on is is they power uh batteries and then the batteries power the building kind of like a uh, world war ii era submarine so uh, there were no automatic sprinklers in that building, or at least in the, in the key areas. Uh, the deep cycle batteries that they used to power the building uh, had no firewalls or other protective measures around those, because the batteries sometimes can explode or catch fire, and that's kind of what happened here. Um, so the Register published an article on September 13th going into the detail uh, of what happened. Um, I've never... In all my years working with and in that industry, I've never seen anybody with a more shoddy operation than than these guys in France. I don't know how the hell they ever got a contract to uh, support major banks and and vaults and things of that nature, as well as you know European governments. Uh, now the new <laughs> the new building they've built is better built than the last one. But so what happened there is exactly what I articulated. It was just a poorly built building, uh, and once the fire got going, they didn't have the proper measures to to contain it. So uh, pharmaceutical strangeness, uh, one of our private equity firms out there, um, SK, Sierra Kilo uh, Capital, uh, specializing in the drug and chemical industries, has reached an agreement to buy a company called Apotex Pharmaceutical Holdings, Apotex spelled A-P-O-T-E-X, uh, which is a company out of Toronto, Canada. They make generic versions of brand name drugs. Uh, price and terms of the sale were not released. Apotex employs about 8,000 people and they manufacture about 24 billion, with a B, pills a year. Now, the founder of Apotex was a gentleman named Barry Sherman. He built the company through litigation, challenging other pharmaceutical firms' patents in court, etc., to corner kind of the market in generic versions of other companies' products. Sherman and his wife were found strangled to death in their home in 2017 in what the police have treated as an unsolved double murder. Uh, I remember Sherman's, this. Yeah, Barry Sherman's yeah. death, even in my book, was strange. They found both he and his wife in the basement, nicely dressed and sitting together, uh, and I think holding hands. Uh, the reason why they found them sitting up together was because there were leather belts tied around their necks and tied to a bar suspended above them. Um, Clearly suicide. Right. 
Uh, Sherman's history in high stakes finance makes for some exciting reading. If you want to kind of get into this topic on your own, my reason for bringing this up is the fact that SK Capital's buying Apotex several years after the death of the Shermans. And there's several articles and books about their unsolved death. There's a book out there that, that, uh, you know, the, the author's position is, is that it was somebody close to them. It was nothing internationally nefarious. A lot of people went down that road. Right. Um, at the same time, many have pointed out there's a lot of inconsistencies and how the uh, Toronto police have handled such a high-profile murder. Uh, we've also had quite a few years pass without much going on with the case. And, and then my and personal... Bellis, what, what, yeah. what drug did Apotec make? Uh, generic versions of brand name drugs. You may have some more knowledge on this than I do. Yeah, they were uh, heavy on ivermectin, man. Oh! <laughs> what are the they odds? They were the largest manufacturer of ivermectin in North America. Nice. Yeah. Convenient. Gil Gilbert Nowak. Yes, a gym bag. Uh, for instance, uh, British cybersecurity people that lock themselves in gym bags in their uh, bathtubs and turn the heat all the way up before they kill themselves. Um, well, the other thing about Apotex that I noted on this topic is, is that in 2021, Apotex paid $100 million to the U.S. government for price-fixing accusations, which dated well prior to the death of the Shermans. So on the whole, to quote from Spock from Star Trek, fascinating. Um, the Ukraine money trail. Uh, evidently, the total amount of money uh, we have already given to Ukraine and we will give is uh, currently around $62 billion, uh, according to the IndependentSentinel.com and a couple of the news sources. Uh, evidently, uh, Mr. Zelensky in Ukraine has been losing at the horse racetrack again, and he needs another $32 billion. Um, the other thing I would also point He's out He's worse is than Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> he does more coke and blows more money. <laughs> or he yeah, blows more coke and blows more money. <laughs> if you uh if you throw in the military equipment we've been providing, the figure's probably closer to 70 billion. Um so this next one is is kind of a, a category I called being free. Um we all know this. I've brought it up. I know others on the show have brought it up. Uh, just a reminder, uh, being a free human being is a full-time job. Uh, every news story, every directive from employers or government requirements has to be triple-checked. Uh, things go on all the time where we are denied the information we need because elites or others believe we don't matter. Uh, recall my recent public service announcement about the higher alcohol levels in your gasolines and the need to use ethanol additives to counteract those. So here at Rogue News or Frank over quite frankly and the amazing Polly and Mike Moore at, at True Pundit and all the others, uh, even if we disagree from time to time, uh, we got to stick together and bring the news to all of you and the information to all of you because the media just is not in that business anymore. And of course, you know, specifically for Rogue, uh, we have V and CJ and myself, of course, along with Crypto Cowboy giving you the 411 on financial awareness. We have Gus Demas and his just general blunt reactions to the BS in our lives. We have Matthew Errett with the historical breakdown of the reality of the past 150 years and how we got here. And then we've got Jet Blake uh, with his esoteric views on, on reality uh, and the spiritual world, as, long as, as well as the other guests that we've had on. So I've had some folks recently come out to me and tell me how frustrating it is to constantly invest such large amounts of their time uh, to basically avoid being hosed by the system. And all I can say is, is that at least in my own personal case, I'm glad for very paranoid ethnic relatives drilling this stuff into me in the 1970s. Um, 
in the spirit of transparency, I have to say sometimes I personally feel like the mad scientist from some old movie screaming and saying, you called me crazy. I'll show you. I'll show you. you thought I was nuts 10 years ago. Now you want to know what I think about what's going on in the world. Uh, Canada and human life. Uh, keep an eye on Canada. And uh, thank you, CJ, for what you got on the screen. Um, keep on Canada and the Commonwealth countries like Australia. Uh, I swear to you, we're literally following the same roadmap of, after the failure of Weimar Germany in the 1930s. Um, What's Canada doing? Well, Canada has started making it easier for the elderly to be euthanized. I posted an article the week of October 10th on Discord, and they now want to make it legal in Canada. I'm going to say this slowly, and I'm not trying to be um, sensationalist about this. <clears throat> they want to make it legal in Canada youth, to euthanize children who are already born. If they have developmental issues, oh, we are ah, easy, easy, ah, my friend. <laughs> now I'm I'm dead serious ah, with all of you right now. That is, I'm I'm serious as a heart attack. That is straight out of the German legal code of the 1930s. That that is straight out of the German legal code of the 1930s. Uh, it started with well, the elderly for the good of society. We you know the quality of their life. You know we should just help them move on. Uh, then the mentally impaired. Uh, you know, the state is concerned about trying to care for all these mentally impaired uh, people. And it's it's not fair to their families or to them. Uh, then children born with deformities or the appearance of developmental issues. And then lastly, of course, group guilt for ethnic groups like the, the Jewish community. And this is a concept or a, or a, a comment. I've, yes. There is a, a... I've brought this up on other rogue shows. When certain people who identify themselves as woke and really aren't and are highly funded activists. But when we see in the American context, folks, at the state and federal level, um, well, these anti-government groups, or uh, I've got some friends today who are once again having to go through their corporate diversity training. Uh, and of course, at the top of that list is, is, is uh, to, to paraphrase Gustavus, uh, if you're white, you're Hitler. Um, in the German legal code in the 30s, the way it was legal to crack down and attack the Jewish community or other communities they wanted targeted was to identify group guilt. If one Jewish person is guilty or leaders of the Jewish community are guilty, then all Jews are guilty. That's how they did it legally. And in many respects, there are people who are trying to do that here in the United States. Are you conservative? Are you libertarian? Are you not liberal enough, whatever that means? Are you not activist enough? Well, then all of you are guilty. Anyone who voted for Donald Trump is guilty. And that, that is the subtlety of what's happening, folks, is, this, is it is a legal concept known as group guilt. And that is why in the body of Western law, especially following World War II, legal scholars, legal advocates of all political stripes, all ideological stripes, have done their best to avoid anywhere creating precedent where a case might be turned into group guilt. Now, there are some folks who listen to the show that are far more seasoned in the legal community than I am. I, I yield the floor to them. But this concept of group guilt, got to keep your eyes open on this sort of thing. Because once that crap starts getting into your into your legal code, you've got a major, major problem. But with what's going on in Canada, and I'm keeping my eye open for other Commonwealth countries like Australia, uh, because it all seems to flow down the same river, um, 
you know, uh, unfortunately, the globalists don't seem to be original in their planning. Every 50 to 100 years, they go back to what they tried the last time. And of course, we have Stacey Abrams talking about the need for poor people and people having budget issues to end pregnancies to save money. Her exact words being it'll reduce inflation, uh, for which the Babylon Bee has gone to town on her the last 48 hours. Um, I also find that ironic that a African-American woman political leader is making state statements like that when it was none other than Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, who in her diaries, which you can look at on the internet, talked about the necessity of getting brown peoples of the world's populations under control, not just in the United States, but globally. Uh, talk about selling out your own community. We have a victory, uh, a big one. Um, 19 state attorney generals have announced an investigation into six major Wall Street firms for their involvement with the United Nations Net Zero Banking Alliance, who is backing ESG. Just a reminder, I know V and crypto have been talking about this a little bit on, on uh, the last two weeks. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Investment, which is billed as a socially responsible model used by firms to redirect their efforts towards investments and business operations with a focus on how it impacts the environment, society, and corporate governance. Uh, the governance part is amusing as it entails even greater documentation around large institutional investors' operations so that you can investigate uh, their investment behavior and make sure they're complying. Equally, their boards of directors uh, to identify are diverse enough, please see group guilt, and increase uh, board election frequency. Now, on the one hand, I know that sounds good because it's like, well, these dirty, stinking major corporations and the evil they do and blah, 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 blah. Well, the other end of the equation, though, folks, is as I've worked with some of those people, your boards of directors, depending on the size of the company and the scale of that of the um, company's uh, impact to the U.S. economy, uh, you really don't want frequent board elections. On the one hand, I know it sounds a good thing to kind of shake things up, but on the other hand, you do need stability in operations. So increasing boards of election, uh, board of directors elections also opens the, the uh, possibility of those folks being influenced or blackmailed, which is basically the purpose of ESG. Um, in practice, ESG focuses on large institutional investors. It's a model to force the global economy more quickly toward green energy and related uh, globalist goals. Uh, it also has driven certain businesses out of the economy and makes uh, life very hard on small companies. Uh, therefore, for a lot of those reasons and others, we here at Rogue uh, loathe ESG. Uh, the firms targeted who are part of the UN Net Zero Banking Alliance are the Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo. Uh, the main uh, focus of this investigation is why this banking alliance is taking its orders from the United Nations, who's a non-governmental organization or NGO and violates U.S. sovereignty. Uh, will other states follow suit? Is this only because of the midterms? Will they broaden this to go after BlackRock, who's the real mover behind ESG? Who knows? Uh, but it is a start. It is significant. And it's quite a lot of folks, um, what do you call it? Uh, who are going down that road. I'll keep an eye on that as I know in V and CJ will. V, I'll pause for a second because I know the ESG topic is something you've covered a lot in the past. Did you want to throw a coin in the pond on that one? Uh, it, it, it's amazing that I'm seeing, uh, um, it, it, man, it, it, the, the factional war is just intensifying uh, in Wall Street. That You have the non-ESG crowd that have no interest in ESG, and that is J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and a few other firms and hedge funds, and then you have uh, BlackRock and their woke, uh, their woke fascism slash capitalism, <laughs> right? 
And um, there, you know, BlackRock is joined at the hip with the Davos crowd, and and it, this is an infighting. And uh, same thing can be said in uh, the city of London. There's a, a few city of London institutions uh, whose names I can't mention at the moment, but they're also against the ESG. And so it's interesting to see how this plays out. And like I said, folks, there's no good guys or bad guys here. Yep. It's yep, just yep, yep. interests. And, you know, what interest benefits us? Well, it's not going to be the BlackRock one. <laughs> that's for sure. It's not going to be ESG, you know, that, 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 that's not going to help us. And, and what, what happens is when these Titans fight, uh, Velas, what happens is that you have states, red states are going anti-ESG, blue states are going pro-ESG. It, all it's doing is further fissuring the country. Yes. And it's making those battle lines permanent. This is how it happened. This is how... Countries divide. This is how a, a, a national separation occurs. It's literally heading in that direction. We might be facing two currencies, man. Yeah, Balkanism. Yeah. Balkanism, baby, as we often talk on the show. Well, and V raises a very good point, folks, that we've mentioned here frequently, which was, uh, you know, BlackRock looks like this behemoth, uh, you know, uh, answering directly to Satan on line one. But the minute BlackRock's division responsible for their portfolio of insurance companies started noticing how much impact they're taking from harm, supposed harm, from inoculations, uh, then they started having a word with the division that was responsible for uh, the pharmaceutical section and said, hang on a minute. Right. We're so big and invest in so many things. Now we're at war with ourselves. Correct. So, you know, and when you when you look at these attorneys generals, I mean, A, are they Republicans? Uh, yes to to a person. The other thing is, is that several of the states involved are oil states. I get it. You know, so that's what I'm saying. I hope this leads to other things we will see uh, as time goes on. Well, um, go ahead. Real estate prices. They're trying to get hit, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And. Commercial real estate's a big problem, isn't it? It is. Dude, it's a ticking time bomb, right? And corporate paper, right? Just like 2007. Just You'd like, think we'd learn our lesson. There we go. <laughs> and, and, and here's the here's what happens when you when you are a country that runs a bullshit economy like we do. We're really like maybe a a five trillion, six trillion dollar year economy masquerading as a thirty one trillion dollar economy. That's how much of a fucking joke we are, right? Who is the when you look at BlackRock's um, books, when you look at where they're put their money into, they put their money into the most shakiest, vulnerable assets that a a a a a a, a mouse farting in the wrong direction could ignite the entire room, so to speak. Right? They are heavy on corporate paper, heavy on commercial real estate, heavy on mortgage-backed securities. They're heavy on derivatives, so this they're sitting on six point or was it eight eight trillion? They're sitting on in assets, I believe it is right. Big problems. They they are big problems, and they've lost a couple hundred billion dollars over the last quarter, right? So watch what happens to them. Blood is in the water for BlackRock, and here's the funny thing, Vellas, that nobody talks about. J.P. Morgan is sitting on one point four three trillion in cash cash right it's going to be interesting how this thing how this war goes on man it's going to be real interesting because blackrock is also a six percent holder in jp morgan stock so it's going to be interesting how this battle goes out very interesting 
Well, and for those of you in the uh, the comments section, uh, Sue Wu's, uh, I do not have any insight on the State Farm uh, activity. Sorry about that. Gilbert Nowak, uh, there are many golems, but yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, and then uh, Greeny Machine, uh, yes, cryptos shows, especially, uh, well, I mean, they're all good. Uh, but I did send him a note about last week's show uh, because I felt he did a really great job uh, walking all, you know, the audience through a number of industry definitions and what those things mean and similar. Because as I've often fond of saying, we've got a lot of terminology flying around out there sometimes, but sometimes we got to stop the bus and just remind everybody what, <laughs> what all these acronyms mean. So moving into kind of a public health commentary, uh, this probably will catch some of you maybe a little off guard per se. Um, I felt we needed to go here uh, because of a, of a high profile thing that happened in kind of a, a genre, if you will, uh, in the world in which we live, that unless you're into this stuff, you probably wouldn't know it even happened. Um, I'll give you the, the kind of the quick takeaway and get in a little bit more detail. Uh, you know, Twitch is one of the platforms we here at, at Rogue use. Others uh, do as well. Uh, there's many others. There's DLive. There's there's uh, Rumble. There's there's Patreon. The list goes on. Um, and many of us out there uh, who were, uh, by the way, CJ, we're off YouTube, correct? Uh, correct. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, a lot of us had to get off YouTube for a number of reasons, which was unfortunate because we we you know here at Rogue we had. Uh, uh, about 95,000 folks that were there. And, and to be honest, a, a, a chunk of those are probably bots. But, uh, you know, we had a strong following out there on the YouTube channel. And we had to make the decision, and I'm speaking on behalf of CJNV, to kind of diversify ourselves the same way Mike Moore, and I tip my hat in the man's direction, uh, Mike Moore started really jacking up the paranoia uh, a number of years ago because he knew and saw that it was coming and he has a lot of sources on the inside of federal agencies who told him hey look we're gonna you know they're telling us to start doing the following and the big one that's near and dear to my heart is is what happened to the amazing polly uh you know the the uh, woman uh commentator from canada uh where they almost just erased her uh until she was able to get back on bit shoot and set up her own website and so on but the the night of the long knives uh prior to the last election where several hundred uh, content providers were yanked off YouTube basically in one day. So, you know, a lot of us have been moving into these different streaming platforms. And uh, as CJ can attest, because it's it's an area where he has a lot of knowledge, uh, Twitch and some of these other platforms, or even our Discord uh, channel, um, these were originally uh, things that were set up for gamers, you know, folks that are heavy video game players, multi-game multi players, online games, that sort of thing. Um, and we all kind of found a home here because uh, we, we had to run away from where we were before. And there's a lot of content providers on Twitch. Uh, there's us, obviously, as we're one of the folks that are out here. Um, there's people who focus on investing. There's a reggae DG, uh, DJ I like a lot. I've mentioned him on a prior show. There's some folks who uh, have little videos on car repair, much like you'd find on YouTube. Uh, obviously, a huge amount of gamers with live feeds of their competitions or their advice on on how to set up your your desk and chair and your other gaming uh, peripherals. Uh, PC repair, of course, some 3D printing. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's also a lot of attractive girls sitting in hot tubs reading emails, <laughs> which is also part of that content. Uh, it's a free market, folks. Let's be adults. Um, I'm raising this for, for a couple of reasons. Several days ago, uh, there was a streamer who uses the pseudonym uh, Amaranth, 
whose name is Caitlin Saragusa. Um, several days ago during her broadcast, she was reading messages from her fans, and she's she's wearing an attractive outfit, and she's she's reading messages from her fans. And her husband called on her phone uh, and started yelling at her. Now, she mu muted the stream, which her fans were kind of like, is there an audio problem? And then they could see she was crying, and then she unmuted her stream and just let her audience hear what was being said. Holy cow. Yeah, and this wasn't really an argument. This is flat-out verbal abuse is what was going on. And She's like uh, one of the highest-paid uh, personalities yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this, too. because I'm see, jealous. They, I'm, I'm, see, how come we're not the highest-paid on Twitter? We need to be more naked. See, you need to show your moves more, V. I, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Part, part of the thing that happened here was is that um, that came out during this this altercation online was um, her fans didn't know she was married. Yeah, and you know there are certain streamers out there that that you know do the I'm a attractive man or woman thing, and it's like yeah I I have a partner or I have a spouse or what have you and others that don't. Um, he didn't want her to tell her audience that that she was married because he didn't want her um, fan base to drop. And so uh, Amaranth went on to explain to her audience live that this kind of abuse had been going on for some time and she's been struggling with it. And now I know some of you, certain among you in particular, are raising an eyebrow right now saying, hey, Vellis, how is it you know about this woman? Um, well, number one, she's been written up on business articles, and she's also been profiled in IT industry security publications, which is how I was, how I was aware of her. And then, yeah, so she, uh, she, she came across your radar screen because of the industries that you dabble in. That and uh, because in IT security work or counsel that I provide, uh, I deal often with institutions that will kind of view that topic in a very linear way. And I have to point out to them, well, these folks over here that you know nothing about have encountered all new problems that you may want to take into account. So one, you know, what's worth noting about, about her and streaming in general, because there's a lot of misperceptions, she has 6 million followers on Twitch alone. Mm -hmm. And as V alluded, she makes a million and a half dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And she has been the template for many streamers because also one of the things about her is uh, many business schools and so on have, have pointed out the immense amount of time she has to dedicate to uh, the various content that she produces. Now, of the top 100 streamers out there, and this is where we get into the misperceptions, of the top 100 streamers on the internet, she's the only woman in the top 100. You have a lot of folks out there that are like, oh, well, it's just a bunch of scantily clad girls doing whatever. No. No, she's she's the only singularly she's the only woman in the top 100 streamers that are out there, and she's also had to take a number of security measures, which I read about in these articles, uh, because in particular she had an Estonian hacker uh, fall in love with her, and because he's real good, um, he was able to figure out where she lived, and so he. <laughs> He showed up one day, uh, espousing his love for her. So as a as maybe, a result, maybe. right. Uh, as a result, she had to move where she lived, and she also had to move uh, the the location where she she records her shows and things. And of course, I made a comment to some business owners I know recently where I said, you know, okay, a million and a half a month. Let's just call that twenty thirty million a year, uh, given other content and so on that she produces. Um, you know, I said, I, I know people running, running, uh, 
we call them chip companies here in the Midwest, but people who provide gravel and things for, for construction or even very large landscaping firms or building cleaning companies that make that amount of money. And to the best of my knowledge, I don't think you have love Lauren Estonians, uh, you know, requiring you to have your own security team uh, to protect you. So um, we here at Rogue, like I said, would have still been on YouTube and we've had to move over to Twitch. So the other thing is it's kind of exposed us to some of the stuff that's going on on these other platforms. And I've also caught some of the chatter out there by people saying, well, Amaranth's just an adult entertainer and therefore, you know, what'd you expect? Um, that's neither fair nor accurate. Uh, her success on digital media content, how she approaches her audience, I'm not kidding. Universities and their digital media programs, she's one of the folks they profile about how she built it, how she maintains it, et cetera. The other part of that is, is I don't care if, if she's that kind of entertainer. I don't care if, if she's a stripper or similar. Abuse is abuse. And this is the other half of where I'm going with this. Because of the available data out there, everybody, um, What's the largest growing sector of relationship abuse right now? It's male on male and female on female rather than the traditional dynamic of some guy is, you know, you know, verbally or physically treating his, his lady like crap. Um, I've mentioned on prior shows, my work with universities, I can tell you, and I've said this before, nothing will scare a university student affairs department faster than a woman college student walking in and saying she was sexually assaulted by another woman student. That doesn't fit the narrative. They don't want to hear that, which mm -hmm. I find funny because I was unaware verbal or physical abuse only occurs between certain socially acceptable demographics, i.e. men hurting women. I was, so, of course, you're a detective in San Francisco. And then you realize that the how the atrocious and violent nature of the murders that happen over there are stuff you've never even seen or heard about anywhere else in the country. <laughs> there is that. But I will so, discuss that here. To, to conclude on this topic, um, there are many forms of abuse out there. And, and in my days in college and in the professional workplace and just a human being on this planet, uh, I've not seen all of it, but I've seen a lot. I've helped, I've helped a number of people over the years that have dealt with some pretty, pretty brutal situations. And I'm equally not talking about the woke narrative of you've hurt my feelings because you have a Trump sticker. I'm talking about control. I'm talking about sociopathic behaviors, both in the workplace and in the home and in families. I'm talking about harm, real harm, what harm is supposed to be, not this perverted thing they're all trying to turn it into. So if you or someone you know or a family member is in a situation like this, uh, lend an ear, uh, get the help you need or they need. Um, you're not crazy. Don't let yourself be gaslighted with something this serious. Um, you know, look out for those you care about. As I've often said, you know, I, I uh, had a situation recently where uh, a college classmate of mine uh, had taken their own life uh, a couple of weeks ago, Holy and shit. a number of us pulled together. And, and the the friends I had in college are, are uh, a cranky a cranky bunch. Uh, so you know, the way in which we check on each other is rather loud, and and causes friends of ours to say, "Are you guys sure you're friends?" Uh, but that's that's how we say hi to each other. Um, but in all seriousness, get, you know, do, do your research, get the help you need, find, find good, uh, actual, real, responsible, functional, proper help sources, not, not some of these out there that don't do crap. And the other thing too is, as we've often seen, people in the public eye are as much at risk as anybody else. 
there was a lot of chatter I picked up on this topic about Amaranth with people saying, well, my God, you know, she, she does have her own security people because of the Estonian guy and others. She goes to conferences for streamers. She has her own team. Um, you know, how is this possible? Why didn't somebody get involved, et cetera, et cetera? And it's like, well, there's a lot of factors involved there, not the least of which could be, you know, how is her business incorporated? These folks could probably be working for both her and her husband. So it's like, are you really going to get in into it physically with your employer? It's complicated. Um, so it's like even folks in the public eye can often be in compromised situations. And we certainly saw that with... Um, Oh, uh, not, uh, Weinstein uh, and others in Hollywood. And tragically, as I've seen some of the news or postings by Britney Spears of lately, and I don't say this lightly, uh, I'm almost waiting for her to sell tickets before she checks out of being on this earth, the poor thing. Uh, because, you know, it's my opinion and that's all it is. She's but crazy. I mean, well, you know, it's like, is now she crazy? Realize, I realize how crazy she is. Is she crazy, or did the system make her crazy over time? Well, the system I mean, made her crazy, but she's officially crazy. And I think that 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 uh, uh, receivership is what kind of kept her at from completely imploding at this point because she's not. She's she's on. I mean, every other Tuesday she's on a on a nude beach somewhere doing backflips. Yeah, and I, you know, the other part of it too is 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 like they've said about rock and roll people is is. Uh, her uh, dad and mom and sister and, and the industry may have gotten every dime out of her they thought they yeah. could get. And so it's like, no wonder they uh, let her uh, um, legal structure collapse. But anywho, on, on this topic, uh, that's, that's where I am on that. And I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up because uh, I noticed quite a bit of chatter about it uh, this weekend. And I thought, yeah, it's definitely something I want to raise uh, on the show. Moving into the Whitney Webb books, for those of you who saw my postings on Discord, um, I posted some stuff on Monday, October 10th. I have received both of Whitney Webb's books, Volume 1, Volume 2, of One Nation Under Blackmail. Um, and as I said on that posting, um, her two-volume set of books may, as fund may be as fundamental to the quote-unquote deep state or intelligence Epstein blackmail laundering topic as Robert Kennedy's book is on Fauci, HHS, CDC, and Big Pharma. And of course, my kudos to CJ for one of his little view parties he had here on the show recently about the, um, what do you call it, the uh, preview for the possible upcoming movie about uh, Dr. Or, not Dr., but Robert Kennedy's book. Whitney's books are thoroughly researched and cited. Um, each chapter has its notations at the end with an index in the back of the book. Um, She's been very thorough about what's in there. Also, in my opinion, rather clever in her use of frequent references to summations of data by saying things to the effect of, quote, unquote, one could argue this means X or, you know, quote, if the prevailing view on item Z is correct, then then why do we have this alternative reality? You know, she's kind of challenging the reader uh, and or putting out uh, what one would call theories, but I actually believe are conclusions. Um Equally, it's worth noting her publisher, Trine Daly, uh, are the folks who published that book about the Franklin scandal uh, that I covered on a prior show about the trafficking of children across the United States for a number of years and various politicians in Washington, D.C. being involved. And then our favorite topic, uh, the FBI getting out of broom and cleaning it all up. Um, I will have some takeaways from her books on a later show. I have to also say these, these books are filled with so much stuff 
uh, I was talking to CJ and V offline a while back about just the detail on uh, under President Clinton's administration. Um, oh dear God, guys, the the doo doo they found in the park, um, dead in the park, killed himself. I can't. It sounds remember. like Vince Foster. Thank you, God Almighty. Uh, yes, there there was content about Vince Foster in the, in these books, folks, that ties back to Epstein. So it's like, oh my God, holy it's cow! Like, yeah, the rabbit hole. So, as I said at the opening about this topic, um, these books are also uh, akin, in my mind, to the three volume set of books by John Newman uh, about the Kennedy assassination, where I've said in the past that Newman's books are so thorough about people and data that relate to the JFK assassination without even really drawing any conclusions, but just saying, hey, uh, so-and-so's book who talked about this particular individual, these other books who talked about this this other individual by a different name, it's actually the same person, and here's the CIA file that proves it, you know, and it's all disinformation, yada, yada. Newman's books are very good at give it's the desk reference that, like, while you're reading something about Kennedy, you need Newman's books uh, to just kind of refresh your mind on, all right, now, who is this person again? What's What's the deal here? The other thing about uh, Whitney's um, books I'll warn you about, which is similar to Robert Kennedy's about Fauci, uh, there is material in here that's pretty hard to stomach. Uh, and that's coming from me. So giddy up and strap in. Uh, but at the same time, we got to keep in mind uh, it is a source of information. It's an important source of information. It's well-documented. Uh, and it's it's certainly you know, definitely worth the read. The other thing too is, is, is as I often say, uh, trust but verify. We have to keep in mind that Whitney Webb also, I wouldn't use the word accused, but Whitney Webb has been involved with some people and some things in the past that, you know, raise an eyebrow. Now, as I often say, doesn't mean she's right or wrong anymore than Robert Kennedy's right or wrong, but these are all folks that work with or are members of certain forms of elites. So sometimes when this type of content comes out, what we have is elites fighting with other elites. So just a reminder. My last item here is fact as fiction. I know I brought that up a couple times about sometimes you can only sometimes you can only tell the truth uh, by doing so through fiction. Um, when Tom Clancy was writing a number of his uh, fictional books about the international environment and spies and military topics, etc., it was revealed that prior to Tom Clancy's death, he had been receiving firsthand information from people who know those subjects, uh, put another way, people in the intelligence community or the R&D community for, for the military. So the reason why his books at times may have seemed like really kind of out there, uh, but the subject matter and the way he was telling the story seemed like something that was feasible. Um, the reason is, is because in a lot of cases, what you were reading in his books was actually real. And in one of his books, he profiled how, uh, you know, in military technology, submarines, they will have what they call a towed erase sonar unit. They release it from the submarine. Uh, it sits behind the boat while it's moving through the water. The reason why is so that the sonar equipment on the submarines can still sometimes pick up background noise, especially certain countries like the Soviet Union, their boats were a little louder. Uh, so it allowed them to pick up uh, better acoustics and so on by having these little sonar units that were, were hanging out behind, behind the submarine. In one of his books, Clancy talked about how the United States Navy had, had found one of these uh, sonar systems that had detached itself from, from its submarine. We, we pulled it apart and, and analyzed it. And we found that Soviet engineers had copied the motherboards of the electronics down to the Texas Instruments logo on the, on the uh, wafer boards inside the unit. Now, this was a fictional book until it was revealed years after the Cold War ended that that was actually true. 
Why does it matter? Well, during World War II, when U.S. pilots were bombing Japan, we were using B-29 bombers because they had longer range than the B-17s. If a crew found the aircraft was damaged beyond their ability to return the base, they would often try and make it to either China that was held by the Nationalist Chinese or the Soviet Union. Stalin being Stalin would hold on to the pilots as his guests for a while, uh, debrief them heavily, and then usually return them to U.S. custody. Uh, the planes, the B-29s, he kept... Becomes, it becomes the TU-4, the Tupolev TU-4. You are correct, sir. I'm an aviation buff. Yes, and uh, I had I had that uh, what do you call it as part of part of the show. Yes, the the Tupola Four is a one hundred percent copy of the B twenty nine. Now, yep. what's interesting about that is all Tupola Four bombers number three engines leak oil. Why is that? Because the B twenty nine they copied was leaking oil in its number three engines engine and soviet engineers were not quite certain whether that was intentional or not the other thing was is that stalin's demands to copy the plane and do so quickly were pretty harsh because uh, the alternative was the gulag so copying the american plane exactly seemed the best way to go and it was a habit the soviet union kept whenever they tried to reverse en engineer anything they ever picked up from the west so that would be the reason why when we found these motherboards inside their uh, towed sonar units. The electronics were copied down even to the little stamp in the corner of the wafer board that said Texas Instruments. Now, Clancy also in another one of his stories or his books had a storyline where the United States was intentionally leaking technology to the Soviet Union who was loaded with backdoors and intentional design flaws. And in that book, the Soviet Union, while launching nuclear missiles for testing, kept encountering problems such as a lack of altitude being reached by uh, the missile during a test or just plain it blew up on the pad. Now, that was just a story until I was an undergraduate student in college watching the news and in the waning days of the Soviet Union, they couldn't get one of their newest missiles off the ground to save their lives. It was like something was wrong. And I was recently reminded of this by Brendan O'Connell because I was cite some of the folks from whom I grabbed their content on one of his programs when he referenced an article by David Hoffman of the Washington Post, who wrote an article in 2004 titled, Reagan Approved Plan to Sabotage Soviets. And that article is part of the same data sources from a book by a former National Security Council official named Thomas Reed, which is titled, At the Abyss, An Insider's History of the Cold War. That book and the article I mentioned in other sources have long detailed that the West was aware of which technologies the Soviet Union was trying to acquire and copy uh, as they were trying to keep up with, with weapons development, especially during the Reagan years where Reagan just opened up the bank account and we started really driving money into R&D. Um, what's equally interesting is who was the source to Reagan of exactly what the Soviet Union was seeking in the way of technology? Well, it was none other than the leader of France at that time, Francois Mitterrand, and French intelligence. And as I've mentioned on other programs, yes, China does steal technology from the West, but no one steals industrial information on the scale of the French. How ironic that the French knew through their own industrial espionage networks what the Soviet Union was seeking. So the result for the United States was plans were developed by the CIA and others to clandestinely let the Soviet Union believe they had acquired the needed technology through effective intelligence operations. The Soviet Union copied this stuff and, well, missiles started falling out of the sky. Beyond the kind of fascinating part of this, again, why am I bringing it up? Because the broader goals of Reagan's efforts were to prevent Soviet fuel from reaching Western Europe and from Europe bypassing OPEC and the United States for their energy needs. Beyond control of Western Europe, the United States wanted to prevent the Soviet Union from also obtaining valuable Western currencies 
for that energy. It was during this era of the Soviet missile launches going awry that the Soviet Union experienced several natural gas pipeline explosions causing considerable damage. Damage to Russian pipelines is an old tactic. The moves by certain powers to stop Germany and others in Europe from working with Russia have been going on for a very long time. Equally, if the public domain sources have gone public about a lot of this information, then what do you think Russian intelligence knows by the year 2022? And while we're on this topic, let's talk about all those Intel microprocessors they want to start building in the Midwest by a company that's controlled by the Israeli defense community. I mean, what are the odds a major international player wants to replicate an intelligence tactic that has worked so successfully in the past? With that, I yield the floor. CJ? CJ? Somebody wake up Riggs. <laughs> He's gone, bro. <laughs> no, I'm back. Sorry. Ah, there's Elvis. Okay. UPS delivered some goods. Oh, okay. I know the feeling. Vols, I think uh, you touched the your ba- the you know you, you touched everything on all points. Um, where do you think things are right now? In, in like everything that you've arrayed, you 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 covered so much ground. Do you think um, one of the things that popped up into my head, uh, especially when it comes to these streamers that are making millions of dollars, we know they're being handled, right? Yeah, we know we know they're being controlled and handled. You don't get to that level of success without having a couple of, you know, fingers in the pie, so to speak, right? And being managed. Do you think her husband is a handler, or he is under the control of a handler? Hard to say, yeah, but yeah. but probable. Yeah. You know, somebody somebody has made the the couple people have have made the comment about Joe Rogan in a similar regard. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, and I've mentioned this on our on our show, folks, and I've had some discussions with some of you on Discord or even those Sunday night phone calls we we have about Velas. Why are you covering the content you do, or or some of the other guests? And it's we have the right kind of audience in size. And, and I've spoken with a number of you on Discord and find you all to be a very intelligent audience, which is great. Um, but I mean, we're not we're not dealing with millions of followers. We're not. We're not <laughs> I'm joking, but not. We're not making a million and a half dollars a month with what we do here. We we do this because we're passionate about it. Uh, I mean, yes, Matthew's got some books that that he sells, and and uh, Gus Gus does his thing, but we're not an industry. We're not cranking out content to the degree of some of the other folks out there. Now, does that mean that they're all uh, compromised or not to be trusted? Well, it's kind of like my my comments about Tucker Carlson. I like Tucker's content. He's had some really good content of late. He certainly, as the old joke goes, has the right enemies. At the same time, though, as I've profiled several times, which is in the public domain, given who Tucker's father was inside the intelligence community and Tucker first cutting his teeth running a newspaper in Arkansas when Bill Clinton was governor. And yes, he was involved in that. Tucker is an asset of a side, one of the sides. And that's the other thing that makes, in fact, Matthew Arrett and I just this week were discussing via some emails back and forth about, it always feels like it's this big united monolith that's out there, but it, it really isn't. They have their own factions. They have their own arguments. So to your point V, certain people being on a payroll, that's one thing. But, you know, 
which which of the factions in the CIA are they working for? Which in the factions of the NSA are they working for? I mean, there's there's some things going on right now that really make me wonder. Uh, even in the case of Whitney Webb, uh, are we also witnessing an interesting argument between the NSA and the CIA? Because oh, I, no. I, I assure you, folks, the rage, and that's the word I'd use, the rage between the stakeholders and the CIA and the NSA is is beyond palpable. Uh, they both want each other gone because it's about budget. It's about power. It's about resources. The NSA truly believes they can run agents in the field, and the CIA takes the position how really important is all that electronic intelligence the nsa is is giving us mm -hmm. interesting Very. i'm equally i'm equally interested v especially with with what you and crypto have been covering um again the age-old problem of the unknowns and us reading other people's mail um we had a lot of spooky activity going on there with the central banks and the bank of england and then things have kind of subsided does that mean the problem's gone away hell no <laughs> it, it begs the question how much are they all sitting around their big mahogany tables right now trying to figure out what the next phase looks like uh or do we have other clues that are popping up uh in the economy and that's that's above my pay grade i'm not and that's that's more your area than mine as far as the banks and monetary flows are concerned everything everything is fine economically i don't know what you're talking about man right it's all wonderful best yeah. economy we've ever had our economy is as strong as hell kamala our, says our, so yeah well yeah our you know our, our, our uh you know ice cream eating president has said so. so some of you may have seen the article i posted on discord from uh, uh babylon b where uh, the spokesperson of hell says they're they're offended by, by, by joe biden's comments we are deeply troubled and offended by joe biden's comments lenin stalin and hitler from the gates of hell say we've had 46 consecutive quarters of growth in hell we don't know what joe biden's talking about <laughs> we've had quarters of consecutive growth in hell we don't know what joe biden's talking about oh that's brilliant Absolutely brilliant. As always, folks. Though, but is you know, and I hate to, I hate to always kind of say this every week, but but uh, keep your powder dry, your swivel on, and and when you see things in the news that upset you, yep. check check your emotions and check your thinking at the door. Somebody trying to make you act or react. Um, I had I went to a dinner last night with a couple of folks. We were we you know a couple of folks who actually had access to some folks at the state court system level. Um, talking about what they called the great whisper uh just that there's just a few whispers out there about things uh political or a few i was in north carolina recently where they had like one major candidate battle that's kind of going on but the the conversations i've been having with a number of people is where are all the conversations about local issues where are all the things that are going to be on the Doesn't ballot exist. The there's, there's are... nothing because it's like they just want november to come and go before you realize there was a vote Exactly. And we are in a lot of trouble as a country, man. It's 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 really bad. So I solutions? would, I, I I would encourage all of you to go uh take a look and see what is gonna be on your ballots before you walk into the voting booth and equally coffee up and make sure you make sure you go. Um as far as you know, your local candidates are concerned, your local issues are concerned, uh and any of these levies that may be may be popping up, not that the levies are bad, but just make sure you got your your facts straight before you walk in there. It's it's a very, very, very critical vote we're about to have at the midterm level nationally. So by hook or by crook, make sure you get in there and uh as we of, used to say in the old days, pull the lever. Speaking of hook and crook. What do you think is going to happen this midterms? What's your take on the midterms? What's Vela's gut telling him? 
my gut tells me that they're trying really hard to make people believe it's just, oh, the Republicans are going to win everything. And yeah. to me, that's disinformation because that's that's Bad both. Point. Yeah. Both political parties have had that problem where if you tell their voters enough, oh, it's in the bag, then they don't go. Correct. So I don't care what your beliefs are. Get your butt into the damn voting booths, folks, uh, and and read up on what's there. And, or, you know, as I've mentioned on a couple of shows about, you know, you don't need to vote on everything if, if you just have no dog in that fight. But but. Uh, maybe you don't really care who runs the clerk of courts, but it's like, I'm sure there's some levies you've got an interest in. I've known people who, honest to God, I told my kids that. I, I've, I've known people who go and vote, whether it's midterms or the big ones, where they're just there for a single issue. That's all they're doing. They're just scrolling through the list. Yep, that's what I'm voting on right there. And then it's, boop, they're done. They're out. It's like, they're like I, I've got no stake in any of these others. But yeah, I, I think they're trying to misdirect uh, and fool folks not uh, into not voting now. Now the latest that's that's kind of being floated out there. And of course, the minute I see it in the mainstream media, my my suspicion level goes up. They're they're saying, oh, the Republicans are going to clean up every governor that's out there. And it's like, well, I don't know that it matters if BlackRock has a view. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it isn't important. It is, but I mean, will that all come to pass? I don't know. E- either that or. Uh, it's uh, the mainstream media following the, uh, for those of you who remember the uh, uh, home videos that were available in the 1990s about gambling, uh, there were these guys who used to do these late night videos about how to win in Vegas. And uh, one of the ones, uh, we were up late in college and had nothing to do, and we were watching these just for kicks. And there's this, this guy who's like impeccably dressed, and he's talking about roulette. <clears throat> and he does this thing about, you've always got to bet on red and black. And this was always the one takeaway I took from these these videos was, um if, if roulette is your game, which is a money losing game, but it's like if roulette is your game, then you've always got to put money on red and black at the same time just mm-hmm. to hedge your bets so that even if you lose, you don't lose too much. And it's the same thing here. I think the mainstream media, after the shellacking they took when uh, Trump did, did win the presidency, are trying to avoid losing what little credibility they've got left if these elections should turn into whatever one defines as a landslide. Absolutely. CJ, you want to add anything to that? CJ is our uh, election. You know, I think in if you if you look across the landscape, there's some very interesting uh, races, whether it's uh, Georgia that's taking place uh, also in, in Arizona. Uh, I, I think it, you know, again, if you look at the national consensus and, you know, based upon what the, the media is telling us, I think there's a great resentment that's rising and the Democrats have nothing to offer. And what I mean by that is that you look at the polls and, overwhelmingly people are concerned about the inflation people are concerned about the you know their 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 livelihoods yet you know we have the the democrats who have nothing to offer so i think there's a huge disconnect there i i I truly believe that there will be a a house and a senate-led republican it you know what happens within the last two years of of a lame duck presidency with with biden uh, what kind of executive orders does he consider through that that time period Uh, I'm just I'm just a little bit concerned because, again, pointing out the problems is the easy part for for anyone. Like, you know, whether you're analyzing something, whatever, it doesn't take a whole lot of talent to point out what's wrong. Hey, Cease, you just insulted us, man. No, I did not. (laughs) But but what it does, what what it does take is and what I mean by that is that I I just wish the GOP had more more to offer other, other than just. You know, other than, you know, the woke and other things. And, you know, we're going to fix this economy. We're going to we're going to get some things. Well, I want to I want to hear some more meat and potatoes of, of what's going to take place uh, versus, 
you know, uh, kicking the can down the road leading into uh, the two years of the next election cycle. Uh, Also, the other thing that's kind of been uh, catching my eye a little bit is just regarding the the latest amount of information that's come out primarily from the, the EU. Uh, the EU Parliament has really been pushing hard on Pfizer, which is getting it's getting very interesting. Um, mm. And then also, I think there's a there's a, a change in that. I, I feel a, a pattern of people more and more people are questioning why they keep ramming these things down. And I'm not sure, I'm sure everyone's aware that yesterday the CDC passed guidance to to go ahead and to streamline yes. the vaccine schedule. Um, it, first, they did it on Wednesday for underprivileged, underserved, low income uh, allowed for free vaccinations of, of, of the COVID. And then yesterday they recommended adding it to the childhood vaccination schedule. They're getting a lot of pushback from that. And you're getting a lot of people who never questioned vaccine safety ever that are now like, wait a minute, point oh 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 one percent of the age that you're recommending these for even have a risk. But you look at the amount of injuries and things. So so that's that's eye opening to me. And then the other thing I'm looking at is is YouTube is allowing a lot more of these conversations uh, to take place. People really pushing the conversation level. Kim Iverson is uh, Jimmy Dore is really pushing it as well. And they're still on the platform. So I'm like, what potentially may have changed with YouTube? Did someone there have a, a family member or something where they're starting to question this agenda as well? So. I think the tide is shifting a little bit. There are winds out there, but it's, sometimes it's difficult to see. So that, that's all I have to say. I just love the double secret probation of they're already exempt. Uh, you know, the pharmaceutical firms. It's not as though they said it's no longer under an emergency youth authorization. And now, now we're giving them further protections under the law. It's like they're already protected. <laughs> yeah, Biden, Biden just are, are you guys that paranoid that somebody's going to try and sue them? Yeah, well, and again, we have to keep it keep it on our radar. Biden just extended the 90-day emergency order for the next 90 days. You know, again, going into the midterms, right? You know, going into the midterms, and if if it's a, if it's a landslide, and these these operatives are like, okay, well, what do we have to do? We're, we're at risk, you know, going two years down the road. Many of you saw the paper, uh, the the article that came out regarding the researchers at Boston University. Uh, we're able to develop a uh, a strain, a, a COVID strain that is is eighty percent eighty percent resistant. Uh, you know, more resistance, like and like well, more, deadly, doing, more deadly, more deadly, eighty percent so, more deadly. More deadly. So why are they doing this? What? Because what, what, they love us. <laughs> well, are they are they pushing? Are they stating this because they're like forcing people to to try to get the boosters and things? Or you know, that could be one angle. Are they, are they doing it to 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 threaten? Uh, Russia, China with potential bioweapons. Hey, we have the ability to do this if we want to. I mean, there's many, many angles. Are they doing it leading into the actual election cycle, not the midterms that, hey, potentially there could be some new lockdowns and some new measurements coming. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but where we currently are, where they're losing control of nearly every aspect, the financials, the the, the wars, uh, they're, they're losing a control. A lot of these things, Elon Musk with Twitter. Um, who knows what these psychos potentially could could do? And I know Gerald Salente and uh, yesterday they were talking about uh, a, some type of false flag event. And I think that's something we have to keep on our radar as well. You know what potentially that false flag, what, what it could be to, to impact people, not not life threatening, not like a 9-11 event, but something to warrant, whether it's it's an attack on the banking, the financial system that for an entire day and a half, you can't use your ATM card, your debit card. You can't do any of those things. 
which would really truly piss a people a lot of people off uh the energy grid and then and do that so i think i think we need to be mindful uh well, that they're losing control a lot of things and what a lot of things one thing i'd like to add also real quick uh from cj and velas uh we have 25 days left of diesel supplies left saw that saw that yeah, yeah. that's a problem my man hey guys what is diesel run <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i don't know maybe if you just, just about everything <laughs> About every semi no, trucks, road. trains, boats, and backup generators. Other and, than that, and jets, you need yes, JP eight. Yep. JP8 yeah. Other than that, drive. folks, it doesn't do shit. I don't know why they still sell the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the fire rises. Yes. Did we light the fire? Yes, brother. The fire rises. Fire rises. The fire rises, brother. Hang in there, folks. Hang uh, in there. twenty-five. I don't know. You know where are they going to get that 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 gap from? Like, what you know, if this continues, where the hell are they going to get the additional diesel fuel? Because there's only a handful of refineries in the Gulf Coast. Because you know we're such a a brilliant. Like I said, we're a, a two trillion dollar banana republic posing as a thirty-one trillion dollar economy. That's what we are, right? We're a Ponzi scheme, you know, uh, uh, pretending to be an economy. Where the hell are they going to make up that that shortfall of, uh, of with, with with the diesel supplies? Well, I know that left. I, I know that uh, for us here in the Midwest, uh, our supplies of diesel fuel are a little different than the availability and the access for folks on the coasts, which is always always the problem. Plus, you know, I'm sure somebody in officialdom will say, "Well, we'll take it out of the strategic reserve," <clears throat> but it's like, no, that that those are oil supplies that have to be refined in most cases. That's right, not... and, and there's only a handful of uh, of refineries in the Gulf Coast that are actually tweaked to refine mm-hmm. diesel and jet fuel. You know, it's not like in the in, in the Northeast where that's like designed for like uh, sweet Saudi crude. Uh, the Gulf Coast is more for you know Venezuelan uh, crude. Um, this is going to be I don't know where they're going to make up that make that up, man. Well, and 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 uh, again, folks, I'm not just talking out the side of my mouth. If if you drive through the Midwest, especially through Iowa, some of the farm states, Kansas, list goes on. Uh, if you go to uh, both truck stops as well as large fuel stations, um, they'll identify that they've got twenty percent, ten percent, fifteen percent biomass in in the diesel fuel. Uh, which you do not have on either of the coasts. Now, is that a complete replacement? No. Can you extend the fuel? Yes. It is as da- is that as dangerous to a diesel engine as what I've talked about in other shows about alcohol and gasoline? Yep. You can put uh, biofuel into diesel without negative side effects, or you have to put a slight additive in there, but it's, it's not bad. It's not it's not anywhere near the challenges you get when you start putting alcohol and gasoline. Here's here's an interesting chart. To, to oh, nice. To to... <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Look at that inventory level for you know the thirty year average, and then considering the the twenty two two mark. Wow. Yeah, wow. we we tried uh, we tried blowing up your chicken coops uh, and other supplies oh, of wow. uh, food, America, and that didn't seem to scare you enough. So we're going to shut off the gas and see uh, see what happens there. By the way, uh, sidebar: it just got posted on Zero Hedge. Uh, for any of you that were keeping an eye on that story about that ABC news producer who has been missing for weeks since uh, our friends at the FBI raided his house. Uh, evidently, he was writing a book about problems with our Afghanistan withdrawal. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. There you go. And they gave Bannon four months. Wow. Just wow. 
I'll put that uh, article real quick in the uh, chat so people can go look at that data. It's pretty interesting. So good, good show, guys. And uh, I will be back on looking at my calendar November 4th. All right, you racist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go do my white supremacy stuff across America. Yeah, go ahead, spread your uh, white supremacy, and CJ will go spread my his entitlement. Masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Let's get my I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on in a, in a bikini and try to make some money as a Twitch streamer. <laughs> but I can't do that because CJ's always body shaming me. It's a 24/7 job. C, CJ is a fitness god. It's a 24/7 job. He's a toxic man. That's what he is. <laughs> He's toxic. You want to talk about emotional abuse? I don't. Even, where do I begin? <laughs> I don't even want to start, Velas. <laughs> oh man! All right, folks. Thank you all for listening in. We don't have Harley today. Uh, Harley will be back, I think Monday. Velas, when, when, you're out next week, right? Correct. Twenty eighth, I'm gone. Next week, I'm right, gone. Week right. week after uh, November fourth, I'll be back. Okay, Velas won't be here on the twenty eighth. He's going out trick or treating. He will be back on the fourth. And with that being said, enjoy your weekends. And uh, we are out. Take it away, CJ, you toxic white supremacist. <laughs>